0: everyone, and welcome to the Friday, April 28th, 2023 edition of On Iowa Politics. On the podcast this week, gubernatorial koozies, and we take our best shots at projecting what the Iowa legislature will and will not get done in its upcoming final days. Uh, knock on wood. Anyways, hello, everyone. I'm Aaron Murphy, the Des Moines Chief, the Des Moines Bureau Chief for the Gazette in Cedar Rapids. With me this week, our Gazette Deputy Bureau Chief, Tom Barton. Hello, Tom.
1: Hello, Aaron.
0: We have Lee Des Moines Bureau Chief Caleb McCullough. Hello, Caleb. Hello, Aaron. Also with us is Jared McNett of the Sioux City Journal. Greetings, Jared. Aaron,
2: Aaron, I've got uh, koozies for sale. I've got silly straws for sale. I've got eternal ice cubes for sale. Any kind of drink, accoutrement uh, you could possibly need. You can uh, come to uh, the Emporium that I have now and, and, and buy it.
0: Uh, before I schedule my first summer summer picnic, I will do exactly that, Jared. I'll see you soon. Happy to have your business.
3: <laughs> and we have Gazette columnist Todd Dorman here. Hello, Todd. Yeah, and I I think I'll have to send these over to the Emporium. I've got real columnist of Iowa shot glasses that uh, <laughs> uh, go definitely well with what I write. They're they're available for a limited time, and as long as I'm employed, I think is probably the limited time. <laughs>
0: They really enhance the Todd Dorman column reading experience. Yeah, right? yeah,
3: one one shot, maybe two, and then <laughs> and then, then, then dig in.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before speaking of wish, before we gaze into our legislative crystal ball, uh, let's talk real briefly about these koozies. If anybody you missed it uh, for the quick backstory here. Governor Kim Reynolds uh, recently joined with a few of her Republican colleagues across the country in putting their faces on some canned koosies. It's a fundraiser for Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and it's the latest example of conservative blowback at Bud Light for its partnership with a transgender social media influencer. Uh, The only analysis that I will offer here is that, and I believe I may have already said this on a previous podcast, But I have been, air quotes, protesting Bud Light since I was about 21 years and one day old. So all this I'm not drinking Bud Light stuff is old hat for me. Uh, I'm not new to this game. Todd, uh, you wrote about the koozies and and the whole topic this week. Um, As we encourage our listeners, as always, to to check out. You call them if you haven't yet, uh, but also here, uh, give us a little summary for the podcast on uh, your view of this thing.
3: Well, first, congratulations, Aaron, on waiting until your 21st birthday to uh, drink. You must be the only native of Wisconsin that's, that ever, the, ac-
0: that's that, ever accomplished that feat. But... That, that was the on the record uh,
3: description.
0: Uh, Ask me off the record for uh, a more full picture.
3: Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I have. I have a feeling that's not the full picture. So these are the the real women of politics koozies. Uh, you might remember not long ago. Seems like yesterday, the governor was expressing her sorrow that she had to sign bills prohibiting transgender people from using restrooms uh, and locker rooms that correspond with their gender identity, and also banning trans affirming care. For minors, uh, even if they have their parents' permission. She said her heart went out to those families. Well, well, now she's she's sending them a, a cold one in a in a in a koozie. And of course we know this is about that to some extent because there's some lyrics in the theme song in the video ad for the koozies that says, Real women don't fake it, which I guess is to mean that perhaps transgender women are 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 faking it and they're not real women, so they're these koozies come with a dark side, which, you know, a lot of koozies do. They're selling these, but as you said, Governor Sanders is is getting the money, and you know, and yeah, they're they're going after Bud Light because Bud Light hired Dylan Mulvaney, who's a a transgender influencer, and I'm I'm still getting used to the fact that influencer is a job, but it, it is apparently. So- someone
2: someone who most people would not have even known about until there was backlash about all of this to begin with that, that part can't be influ- uh emphasized enough in, in all of this.
3: Yeah. I, I think I'm supposed to be an influencer and there have been people who, uh you know, boycott the Gazette, but I mean, this is a much larger scale there. People are taking Bud Light cans and they're shooting them with semi automatic weapons and smashing them. And I, there's, there's video out there of a guy in a grocery store just basically pulling these, Products off the shelf and smashing yeah. them in the floor, the aisle of the of the grocery store.
0: Todd, forgive me for jumping in on you too, but I just have to point out I, the one thing I will add to this too. It, you mentioned the the shooting video, and that was uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that I loved about that is if you look closely at that, you can see that he's getting some help as he's shooting these Bud Light cans because some of the the way the the cans are exploding. Is it's very clearly moving in a direction that would not come from where he was uh firing. So um is as angry as upset as Kid Rock is about all this, apparently it's also not a very good shot and and needs some help uh blowing up those darn bud light cans. I thought I got a kick
3: out of that. Well, and you know, maybe maybe Ted Nugent was over for the afternoon and he, he helped out. I, I don't know.
2: I, I would also add while while we're at it. Um, the guy that went viral for smashing up the, the cans at the Walmart was recently, because there's articles about this, he was recently arrested for exposing himself to a teenager. Um, and part of this whole backlash to Bud Light has been that Bud Light is trying to, to prey on children by working with um, a transgender influencer on TikTok.
3: That certainly makes sense. There are koozies, $15 for two. You can get, you know, you can get uh, Governor Sanders you can get Kay Ivey, the governor of Alabama. You can get, uh, oh, Christine Nolm. the uh, the governor of South Dakota who recently told an NRA group that her that her two-year-old granddaughter already has a rifle and a shotgun, which I thought was precious. I don't know. I'm probably not going to buy them. at Like you, Aaron, I'm not a, a Bud Light consumer. I mean, I'm not a beer s- snob. Probably before my 21st birthday, back in the day, I drank beer that was in a white can that just said beer. In black letters on the outside of it, so maybe maybe all beer brands should go to something like that because then you can't offend anybody. That you know, you know, a rainbow on a can apparently makes people go crazy, and so maybe we should get back to that generic beer, which uh was not particularly good, but I think it was about a dollar 99 a six pack back then. <laughs> so good value and no offensive influencing. That's that's the, the where way we're God at. intended, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should clarify
0: that, um. Uh, well, I am now. I'll, I'll I'll own up to being a beer snob now. But uh, it, it, at that point, when I was 21 years and one day old, it's not like I didn't drink my terrible beers. Uh, Todd, you may remember a beer called
3: Blatz. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah, <laughs> one of the few beers that the name sounds like what might Describes
0: how it tastes. <laughs> if you
3: drink too much. Yeah, I mean, Bud Light would have been consu- considered a premium beer back right. when I was back when i was in the day you know spuds mckenzie oh my gosh spuds mckenzie who ironically i believe was played a male dog in the in the commercials but was actually female so bud light's been up to this for a long long time they're playing the long game this culture this culture war so uh i'm tempted to buy some bud light but not enough yet to actually pull the (laughs) <laughs> pull the trigger
2: for, um, for what it's worth, um, year to date, um, Anheuser-Busch InBev, uh, stock has been up 9% uh year to date. And even over the past month, when this has really all kind of started, the stock has still gone up by 2.5%. So.
0: Yeah. Look, and this is, uh, not making any kind of commentary, just an observation, all of these uproars and quote unquote yeah. protests. I, I don't know one that's actually had an impact well Yeah. Yet.
2: Boycott, boycotts, boycotts against—I—I'm I, sure people don't like hearing this, no matter what your political affiliation is. But boycotts against multinational corporations don't work. They're—they're they're too <laughs> big and too large. They—they they factor in this kind of stuff uh, when they yeah. make any decision whatsoever. So, well, Which is I mean,
3: also, it, sorry, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, InBev is enormous. I mean, it's the—it's Belgian based. Right. It's one of the big three beer companies, I think, in the world. Right. And so nobody over in holland that's picking up a heineken right now is thinking much about
0: oh, god uh, heineken
3: bud light or or any of those other uh. i mean they i mean i think they make stella artois also i think oh Stone. wow so mm. that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to not drink i mean if you're going to go down the whole list and i don't notice anybody lashing out at but bush light but that's also made by anheuser-busch in bev so uh so yeah the boycott you know you're going to have to start drinking uh, IPAs or something. Hey, us us uh, port and stouter drinkers, welcome you on board. Nothing like nothing in the summer like finishing mowing your lawn with a big old mug of stout. <laughs> That's fair. That's, it does get tougher in the summer. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Let's get ourselves
0: back on track and back under the Golden Dome of Wisdom here where all signs are pointing to adjournment sine die of the 2023 session sometime this coming week. And now that I've said that out loud, if it doesn't happen this week, all of my colleagues in the State House Press Corps, including those uh, present on this podcast, feel free to uh, give me one. Everybody gets one good solid punch on my arm. Uh, I think that's fair because it will obviously be my fault for just having jinxed it. Um, But before that happens, um, there are some pretty significant policy proposals that are still blowing in the legislative breezes. So I thought this week uh, what we could use the rest of our time here on the podcast um, is just uh, open this thing up and have everyone give us their best predictions and educated or otherwise, in some cases, we'll have some intel that – We'll tell you and why we think this may or might not happen, and sometimes we may not, and we'll and we'll tell you that too. That we're just taking a shot in the dark, uh, but on whether these big bills will get done before the session ends again, presumably this week. So I'll give each topic a. Quick setup uh, to remind everybody what we're talking about. And then I'll just let everybody jump in and tell me where you think the bill will pass the legislature. Um, so tell us what you're hearing or to what your gut is telling you. And let's start with property taxes. House and Senate Republicans have both passed bills off their respective chamber floor. That they have the same ultimate goal of reining in property tax increases. But the hitch in the giddy up here is that their methods uh, that they deploy are, are pretty significantly different. And if uh, they're going to pass something this session, they're going to have to agree on a compromise bill, uh, which isn't a meet in the middle kind of thing either. That's the other part of this. They kind of have to choose which way they want to go about this. One side's going to get their way and the other's not. So will property tax bill pass this week? Uh, uh, who, who wants to tackle this one first?
1: I guess I'll jump in here uh, with the caveat that um, I uh, was not able to participate in um, the uh, gaggle with uh, House Speaker Pat Grassley on Thursday I mean, essentially, um, you know, what I've been hearing and as Aaron pointed out, you know, this is not a a meeting in the middle. you know, you're gonna have to pick, you know which approach you want to go with um, you know, the the approach that House Republicans have put out there or or Senate Repo- Republicans. and as you mentioned, you know, they're 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 pretty divergent. And you know, given that we're hearing, that there's interest um, on both sides and in both chambers to kind of wrap things up next week. I don't. I don't necessarily know that we're going to be able to see a compromise plan coalesce that quickly. Um, and we've heard comments from Republican lawmakers saying that you know it's 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 their wish and hope that they would get something passed this session, but they don't necessarily see it as a must. Um, You know, they they just passed, you know, their their big signature income tax bill and, and income tax reductions last session. And they don't really, I guess, necessarily see. I guess that they have to do something on property taxes this session, you know, they said that they're happy that they've had the discussion that they're moving the issue forward, you know, they've kind of put their markers out there um, for, for what they want to do with property tax reform, and are happy to punt this to next year, which you know, is an election year, so it, it's favorable. It works out for them, for for House Republicans to try and get something done. You know, move something on this um, during an election year um, when they're asking, you know, voters to send them back um, to to the golden dome of wisdom. That's my take. Yeah, so I I think that's all smart. And the the, the
0: only thing I will add to that. And and you mentioned, and I was in the gaggle with Speaker Grassley, and I also talked to Dan Dawson, uh, the Senate's um, tax policy chairman. They still are striking a hopeful tone. They still very much want, and I I, I don't know, Caleb, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in that gaggle, too. Borderline said, we kind of got to do something this session. But at the same time, every time I talk to, especially among the rank and file about these bills, and this even includes Democrats, each chamber really likes their bill the best. I, I'm still waiting to hear that willingness to 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 find an agreement on something. And like I said, that I, this even includes when I talked to uh, Zach Walls and Jennifer Confirst, the Democratic leaders in the House and Senate, about it. They each said they like their chambers' bills better. And I hear that among Republicans, too. The House Republicans like their bill. The leaders are saying, we got to do this. I really want to do this this year but man i just haven't heard the signal yet from the rank and file that success that this can get done i don't know what my crystal ball says i i i i feel like i'm sitting right on the fence on this one uh because i'm hearing conflicting messages i guess from um from the top and from the like i said the rank and file
4: yeah and one um possibility if they can't come to an agreement on uh one of their mechanisms to actually lower bills that i have Possibly heard floated is is passing both bills. If I understand correctly, have a um, portion that kind of involves some of the uh, what they're what they're calling truth and taxation. That would basically just require cities and counties to give property owners a itemized list of um, what their where their property taxes are coming from. Like you know this many dollars from this one this here and here. It could be that that they pass something that just does that um and and you know you can tell voters hey we did something to at least provide certainty for your property taxes tell you where your taxes are coming from and i even feel like representative grassley was was maybe striking that tone a little bit yesterday cuz he did say a couple times you know we we have to provide certainty for taxpayers i really hope we can come up with something to provide certainty which you know that could be a possibility of providing certainty without actually lowering the bills this year
3: our editorial board met with Cedar Rapids city leaders on Thursday and uh, they're pretty concerned about a provision in the Senate bill that would bundle a bunch of different tax levies into the 840 you know into into the, the standard levy uh, in doing so apparently they also get rid of some tax levies one of which is provides like a 1.6 million dollars to the city maybe more than that, I can't remember the exact number, but for upkeep and care of the uh, Veterans Memorial Building, which is kind of the iconic building in Cedar Rapids that's on an island in the, in the river. And there are some other levees that disappear that they're also a little bit concerned with. So I think I got the impression from them that they, if they have to take a bill, uh, the House bill would be preferable for them. But uh, I think they're hoping, like maybe a lot of municipalities, that nothing happens and and maybe they get another chance to to make their case as as this gets delayed until next session.
0: Interesting. All right, moving through these. So I got a list I want to make sure we hit before we got to go. Uh, the big child labor bill, the youth employment bill, depending on your nomenclature of preference, uh, it would relax some of the state's regulations regarding when and where 14 to seven year olds, sorry, 14 to 17 year olds can work in Iowa. We haven't quite gone down to seven year olds yet. Um, so the Senate passed their version of the bill. Uh, the House has a different but very similar bill on its debate calendar for early next week. Uh, so they may take that up. Uh, is this one going to get done? Who wants to jump in first on this one?
4: At least a couple, both both Speaker Rasley and another representative um, mentioned just that there are um, the number of amendments that Democrats have filed on the bill. Um, there's, I think, upwards of 20. And, you know, that's obviously... Um, Often a tactic uh, to delay debate, so you know they can speak on each amendment. You have to go through each one, Um, and so that could be just timing-wise if they're trying really hard to get out by by Thursday or Friday, um, something that would become part of the conversation. But also, Speaker Grassley had said that um, you know the Republicans are 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 in talks with Democrats about some of those amendments and and you know seriously considering taking them up, uh, which which. Isn't as common, you know, when, when you see that many um, amendments on a bill. So, both of those things kind of pull one way or the other. Um, so I don't know where that where that leaves it. You know, if they do amend it, then it has to go back to the Senate, and that could gum up the work. So, tough to tell.
2: I was just going to say I would go back all the way to um, January, and one of the people who really got the ball rolling on any of these kind of interrelated propositions about uh, child labor in the state was um, John Wills up in uh, Spirit Lake. And, you know, he's not a backbencher. He's the the speaker uh, pro tem uh, for the majority party in the House. So when you have those kind of people that have worked on this for, for months now, that definitely helps, you know, move some things along or, you know, kill off other things. So,
1: well, and the other thing to, to keep in mind is that this came out of um, recommendations and discussions from, you um, a uh, task force put together um, by uh, the governor. And in serving on that task force, you had representatives from Iowa Restaurant Association, um, which has a lot of sway in the Iowa legislature, you know, something that's also being backed by uh, the the grocery industry, I think Hy-Vee primarily. And of course, you know, they have a lot of pull and a lot of sway um, with lawmakers and in the state as well. You know, obviously, they're um, a large employer in Iowa. So so given that, as Jared mentioned, you know, there there is a lot of prominent backing behind this bill. I wouldn't be surprised um, if they pass it, if they get something done next week. At the same time, um, as Caleb said, you know, timing wise, if they're really wanting to get out of here um, by the end of next week, I think it remains a question mark as to whether it's it's feasible to get that done within that short time frame.
0: Yeah. I hate to make a downer of a point here for those of us who work at the Capitol, but uh, the other possibility is all that means is another uh, late night and possibly even overnight session. One of these nights in order to get this stuff done. If they decide they want to this week, I I think I, Tend to agree with basically a summary of everything that just went before me i think it's more likely than not that this one gets done it, it's been one that they seem to have had a priority on uh, throughout the session and uh you know they've addressed some of the concerns in the bill so so they've actually you know given some legislative attention to it i know Democrats and opponents still don't like the bill over at all but without a doubt it doesn't go as far as it did in its in its earliest form so they 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 have paid some legislative attention to this uh which makes me um kind of maybe more likely to think that they they won't just, you know, give up on it, that they'll try and see it through to the finish line. But Caleb raises some good points about, and it was fascinating to hear Pat Grassley when he was talking about those amendments, not just talk about the volume, which is fairly normal uh, for the minority party on a bill they really hate, but um, to actually say there's some of those amendments that we think merits a genuine discussion and 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 we will have those discussions with democrats so that's that was pretty fascinating and like and like Caleb said if they do do that then that means it's got to go back to the senate one more time too all right uh another one that's only passed one chamber not the other the, the big gun bill of the session which includes a hotly debated provision that would make it legal to have a gun stored out of sight in a vehicle in school parking lots among some other places And also some lesser debated, but no less significant provisions that Tom covered in a great story a couple weekends back. And if you missed that one, by the way, definitely go check it out. So this bill passed the House, but has not yet passed the Senate. Will that one get done? And I'll start this one off. I am hearing, and I don't know to what degree this is, and I don't know what they're about, but I'm hearing there are some concerns in the Senate and this one might not get done.
2: Just one thing I I would say from just keeping tabs on uh, on a lot of conversations about this uh, in in the various comment sections and everything like that that I have to monitor, people don't in Iowa don't necessarily like even ardent um you know Second Amendment folks don't really feel like gun rights are under attack in Iowa, which makes sense considering Iowa just you know approved the right to keep and bear arms in the state constitution last year, and so it doesn't necessarily seem like there's the same necessity or urge to, we have to get this done now or all of our gun rights are going to go away.
4: Yeah. And I spoke to the, um, Bill's floor manager in the Senate earlier this week, Jason Schultz, and he made it seem like of of this list, it's probably the least likely. He said, it's not, not dead yet, but it's also not ready. Um, he, there are some specific concerns he had with the insurance portions of the bill and, um, some of the portions that um, Tom did write about as far as expanding who is legally allowed to carry a gun, and you know, said, you know, we have a whole other year next year to deal with this if we need to. It doesn't seem like it's at the top of the priority list.
0: Continuing I cycle through here, it's the classic legislative topic of automated traffic enforcement cameras, and it was resurrected, I think it was earlier this week. Time's a flat circle at this point, um, with a new regulation bill moving in the Iowa Senate that's sort of a catch all, uh, kind of a big. Um, wide-ranging bill uh, containing a lot of policies that have been talked about at different points. Anyways, uh, I don't think this one needs more setup than that. Traffic camera bills have been around for basically as long as the traffic cameras themselves. This may be the new bottle bill in the legislature now that the bottle bill is passed. Um, Is this the year, though, that a traffic camera regulation bill gets passed out of the legislature? Anybody got a, a hunch on this
1: one? Yeah. My hot take is no, um, it's not going to pass out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's not going to pass out this year um, because as, as we mentioned, um, they're, they're wanting to wrap things up, you know, if not the end of next week um, you know, certainly the following week and they've still got um, a bunch of meaty things on their plate to get done to try and hammer out. And there are, Other things at the top of the priority list that they want to try and get done that we've already discussed and talked about Um, traffic cameras falls toward the bottom of that list. As you mentioned, it's something that they've tried to get done for several years now. I don't necessarily know again with with the timing the time restrictions we've got left in the session that uh this is something that's going to make it through
0: uh, that sounds right to me and i this is a separate bill but in, in the same vein and i'll just toss a real quick note in here uh hands-free driving uh if anybody's wondering about that i think it's a pretty solid no that that one's not going to happen this year either again another one that's been around basically ever since they passed the texting while driving ban law enforcement is, has asked for a full keep, ban on any handheld use of phones while driving mobile devices. And uh, it does seem like maybe it got a little more momentum this year than in recent sessions, kind of similar to the traffic cameras. I think it's fair to say that 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 got a little more attention um, and maybe a little more support, but still just not enough to get to, across the finish line. I think that's going to be the same for the hands-free bill. The last one I have here and jump in with another one. If you think I forgot one on my list and this one hasn't been a big attention grabber that many of our previously discussed bills were, but I think it's worth discussing uh, here before we go because of how often we hear about the need for more child care in Iowa and across the country, really. Um, but there's an interesting bill moving that would both expand eligibility in the state's low-income child care assistance program, but also would add some work requirements to that program's eligibility. So a little bit of a mixed bag for uh, child care access advocates. Uh, any bets on whether that bill passes? And maybe, Tom, if you want to jump in first, because you covered that hearing this week?
1: I think it will pass. Um, the question mark is what happens with those work requirements? You know, I, I could, I could see potentially a scenario where, you know, the bulk, the majority of the bill gets passed, but they, um, amend or strip out those work requirements, um, that, um, People have said, um, you know, can be problematic, um, Democrats as well as Republicans. Um, it's worth noting that Senator uh, Mark uh, Costello, uh, Republican from Imogene, was um chair of a, a subcommittee that had a hearing on that bill um, said that he shared uh concerns expressed by Democrats um, about um the the uh, work requirements um but child care is a big issue um that is impacting Iowa's um, Workforce labor force you know um and and it's been a big top priority um for lawmakers on both sides of the aisle so I definitely think we'll see something on this where you know they increase the eligibility income requirements and um, increase that reimbursement rate. It might not be where Democrats want to see it, but I think something will get done.
0: All right. Just a couple more uh, to get through here. Um, The big elections bill slash the caucuses bill. Uh, That's been an interesting one ever since that bomb got dropped a a couple weeks ago here now would would, uh, require in-person participation in the Iowa caucuses, which essentially blows up the Iowa Democrats' plan for what they were planning for their caucuses next year and moving forward i republicans say it's needed in order to preserve their hold on first in the nation status i'm not sure about this one either i i know the house really wants to do it it's on their debate calendar too i don't know if the senate wants to and and will take it up did anybody else have any insight or best guesses on on that one
1: i'm hearing the same thing that uh you know probably likely passes out of the house but you know may not pass out of the senate uh just d- doesn't seem to be, I guess, as much of a desire there in, in the Senate to to get it done as there is in the House.
0: I think that's right. And then and then the question is, is it a critical cog in the shutdown negotiations? How how bad does the House want it passed and is the Senate willing to go along with it? Um, and the last thing real quick, because I think this is a pretty easy answer. Pipeline bill. Is that going to resurface?
1: No.
2: As the uh, the people associated, like the uh, the management teams or the advisors? Or is there still like a uh, a Vilsack family member in a, in a brandstead that's associated with Summit Carbon Solutions? There is. Uh, so no. <laughs> is, is your answer, Aaron?
0: There we go. All right. So we'll come back next week and see how we did, what our batting average was. Or we'll just forget about this altogether and move on to a different topic. Who knows? Yes, it depends on how well we do, whether we decide to revisit it or not. That's it for this week's edition of On Iowa Politics. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends and subscribe to us on streaming audio services like iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. And now that you've listened to the On Iowa Politics podcast, make sure you're also subscribed to the On Iowa Politics newsletter. Where every morning in your inbox, you'll receive all the latest politics and government coverage from our team. You can subscribe to that free newsletter at the Gazette's website, thegazette.com. And lastly, don't forget that the work of everyone you heard here today can be found on the pages websites of the Quad City Times, Muscatine Journal, Cedar Rapids Gazette, Waterloo Sioux Falls Courier, Mason City Globe Gazette, Council Bluffs Daily Nonpareil, and the Sioux City Journal. Tone DeBoss will play us out this week. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be featured on the podcast, send us a sound file. For Tom Barton, Caleb McCullough, Jared McNett, Todd Dorman, and our producer, Bailey Sheehan, and Bailey, I apologize profusely if I butchered that last name, I'm Aaron Murphy. Thank you for listening was in the house but now we going out here, we shopping at the stores i'ma hit the pool no i'ma hit the beach once everything open i'ma wait a couple weeks is it safe cool let's make moves time for a selfie let's take two still got my job so i'm thankful am my super proud let me make sure Don't be hard
2: to say faithful. When this party,
3: everybody get a daily update from the gazette with our daily news podcast